0: If you would, join me in your Bible this morning to the book of Mark, chapter number 5. Mark, chapter number 5, as we continue our study through the book of Mark. uh, Oh, to be like Jesus is our theme. And I would just like to invite you today to join us as we turn there. Tonight, if you would, at 6.30, uh, we should be in your place tonight. I'm going to preach on this subject on being endured with power. From on high. No use being saved if there's no difference. I said, There's no use being saved if there's no difference. You might as well live like the devil and live like hell and do what you want to if there's no difference. And you say, Well, preacher, I can't, I, I, I can't live a Christian life. You can if you're endued with power from on high. And uh, you say, well, preacher, I, I, I can't be here tonight. Then you'll have to be endued with power from below. You'll have to get along with what you got. And if you're doing all right, that'd be fine. But if you want anything better, if you want anything higher, if you want anything gooder, it would be good to have some help from on high. Amen. You say, that's not good English. I was just want most of you folks to understand it. <laughs> in your Bible now, if you would please. Jesus has, got off, has gotten off the boat. And immediately as he stepped on land, he's been confronted by a demon-possessed maniac. Running through the tombs, living night and day in the mountains and the tombs. Naked clothed with chains and fetters, Uh, absolutely crazy, wild man. And Jesus meets the need of this man, casts the demons out, and the next time we see him, we see him seated at the feet of Jesus, in his right mind, clothed. Isn't it amazing the difference that Jesus makes? Now we take up reading, if you would please, where we left off last week, Verse 21 of Mark chapter number 5. And the Bible said, And when Jesus was passed over again by ship unto the other side, much people gathered unto him, and he was nigh unto the sea. And behold, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name, and when he saw him, he fell at his feet. And besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter lieth at the point of death. I pray thee, come and lay thy hands on her, that she may be healed, and she shall live. Jesus went with him, much people followed him, and thronged him. And a certain woman, notice now not just any woman, a certain woman. Not just every woman, but a certain woman, which had an issue. You have an issue? Everybody has issues. You married your issue. Some of you mamas carried your issue for nine months. You wish now you could put them back. You have an issue. There's not one person here today that does not have issue. Amen. And this lady's issue developed into many other issues. And that's like us. Our one issue most generally develops into other issues. We get married and we have one issue. That's our wife. She brings along a whole bunch of other issues. Those are in-laws. And that one has just gone to the divorce court (laughs) immediately after the service. And a certain woman with an issue of blood 12 years, 12 years of hemorrhaging, 12 years the blood will not clod, 12 years a constant flow of blood, 12 years anemic, 12 years of absolutely pain, suffering, and tired. You know how you get when you run out of blood? She has an issue of blood, 12 years, and had suffered many things of many physicians. She must have lived in Joshua (laughs) and had spent all that she had and was nothing better but grew worse. When she had heard of Jesus, came in the press behind and touched his garment. And she said, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall behold. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up. And she felt in her body that she had been healed of the plague. Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned about turned him about in the press and said, Who touched my clothes? And his disciples said unto him, Thou seest the multitude thronging thee, and sayest thou who toucheth me? He looked around about to see her that had done this thing. But the woman fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said unto her daughter, Thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace, behold of thy plague. Now notice, and while he yet spake, there came from the ruler of the synagogue's house certain which said, Thy daughter is dead. Why troublest thou the master any further? As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he saith under the rule of the synagogue, be not afraid, only believe. You got an issue today? You got an issue? I know you can take care of it. You say, I don't believe that. That's your problem. That's your problem. Notice now. Two stories. Seems like the one of Jairus and the daughter is prevalent. And Jesus is going to take care of one problem or issue. And on his way to take care of one issue, another issue popped up. Does that ever happen in your life? (laughs) Amen. On your way to pay the taxes, the insurance is due. Uh, on the way to the doctor, for one thing, you discover you've got something else. Now, listen, two issues. And the Bible said, and he cometh to the house, verse 38, of the ruler of the synagogue, and seeth the turmoil, and them that wept and wailed greatly. And when he was coming in, he saith, unto them why make ye this ado and weep the damsel is not dead but sleepeth and they laughed him to scorn you say they ought not have done that what if you would have been there what would you have done would you say oh I know you are going to raise her from the dead don't be so hard on folk would you and he taketh the father and the mother of the damsel and them that were with him and entered into where the, dam, where the, where the damsel was lying. He took the damsel by the hand and said unto under Talakumai, which is being interpreted damsel, saying to thee, Arise. Straightway the damsel rose and walked. That's a pretty good deal. I wonder, for she was the age of 12 years And they were astonished with great astonishment. He charged them straight and no man should know it. And commanded that something should be given her to eat. The text with two stories and both with supernatural miracles involved. As we enter into this chapter we see three things. Number one, a demon possessed maniac that Jesus healed and cleansed. Number two, a sick woman who was healed and made whole again. And number three, a dead daughter raised from the dead. I've written down the three dreaded D's. The devil, disease, and death. Those are the three most dreaded things that I know of today. You say, well, I'm not afraid of the devil. That goes to show you that two idiots live someplace in this world. Him and you. The Bible says the devil is as a roaming lion, roaring line, roaming about seeking whom he may be devour. And he had, it, he had possessed this man at the graveyard and driven him out of his house. Now he was a raven maniac, a menace to society, the devil was having a heyday. Jesus came along and cast him out and healed the man. Then we see a lady with issues. An issue of blood, bleeding continually. In your Bible, in Leviticus, we'll not turn there, but in Leviticus chapter 15, it said that anybody who had a continual flow of blood was to be unclean, deemed to be unclean, not able to go to the temple, not able to be married not able to have uh, uh, marital relationships and was grounds for divorce if a woman or a man had a continual bleeding because there was no way you could come uh, come next to them to lie in a bed with this kind of situation made the bed unclean. Anybody touched the bed was unclean. Anything the lady touched was was deemed unclean. She was a Sight to see. She was a cast out, if you please, of society. Notice the Bible said that she had a issue. Now, I don't know about you this morning, but I probably have a few unresolved issues in my life. Do anybody here, does anybody here have an unresolved issue in your life? Somebody you owe some money to. Somebody you promised something to. Maybe somebody that you should have done that you didn't do. You did that you shouldn't have. Maybe unresolved issues. Is there anybody here today that has an unresolved issue? Maybe somebody you should have thanked for being kind to you. Maybe somebody you misunderstood and you were unkind to them. An issue. Maybe a child that you discipline when you should not, and you should have when you did not. My daddy whipped me three times. No, he never whipped me. He whooped me three times. And when I got loose, I promised I would never do that again. You say, well, that don't work today. Have you tried it? I saw one yesterday I'd like to whoop. He needed whooping. Amen. And his mom and daddy needed whooping for not whooping him. A little brat. Stole all the silverware off the table that they ate. I mean, he wasn't about this high. He had a handful of silverware. Mama tried to make him put it down. He wouldn't put it down. He was just going to walk out of the cafe with the silverware in his hand. Somebody made him come back to the table, put that silverware up. He didn't put it up. He threw it way back underneath the table where the waitress had to crawl around her knees and get it. If they'd have turned their head just a minute, I'd have had me a retriever. I've got an unresolved issue in my life. I'd like to whoop that kid. I went to bed last night saying, I wish I could whoop that kid. Do you have an issue in your life? Sure you do. All of us have issues in our life. It might be a a physical issue. A a, a physical issue. The doctor, it's beyond his expertise. It is an unknown virus brought in by UFO by way of uh, maybe El Salvador through uh, Taiwan by way of Japan. And you've got it. The only one in the world that's got it. You're the only one that has that kind of virus. It's making you itch. It's making you scratch. It's making you mad. It's making you, making you, make. you. You have an issue. Might be a physical issue. If you're as old as I am, you've got a physical issue. You had to get up today. And that was a job. It might be a financial issue. It might be a bond issue. I have a bond issue problem. (laughs) A financial issue. A lot of folks in our church have financial issues. A lot of folks didn't have anything to eat last night. In our church, a lot of folks had no bed to sleep on last night. In our church, some folks slept in a rest area last night. In our church and around the world, there are a lot of folks today that has financial issues. And we have an issue about judging those who has an issue. Because we don't have an issue. We don't understand why other folks have those issues. We all have got issues today. And you say, well, preacher, I don't have an issue. You have an attitude issue. You have a lion issue. We all have issues. Put it down. Brother Jim has an issue. He didn't kill a deer this weekend. Look at him. He's mad. (laughs) It might be a social issue. With a family member. You know, I know family members that won't talk to one another. I know family members come to church won't sit in the same section aren't you thank God for a big church you can come and your family members know you're here you can hide in the balcony you can hide in the bathroom I mean you can just hide anywhere you want to but you know I know folks in our church that will not speak to each other you know they're bleeding they're hurting but you know social issues You know, I know folks in our church might have a marital issue. You hadn't spoke to one all day until you got to church. Hadn't smiled before you got here. Mattering the devil all the way to church. Sit all the way over on the side of the church. Looked like he was trying to climb out the window. trying to get out of the door. (laughs) You said, preacher, I came for some preaching. That's what this is called. You just need to apply it. Family issues. Dear Lord, why can't Christians get along? If anybody in the world ought to be to get along, it ought to be us. Family issues, marital issues, four out of five end up divorced. And it's turned the stomach of those who's tried it so bad, now they just cohabit and live in sin because they do want don't want to commit. Well I'll tell you, if I was a woman and I was living with a man ashamed of my name, I wouldn't live with that sucker. If he didn't want if he did not want to give me his name, I'd not cook that sorry devil in his breakfast. He wouldn't decorate my bedroom. If you do not want to give her your name. Then bless your heart. Respect her enough. Not to shame her. That's a good way to say. Quit shacking up. Issues. All right. Look at her dilemma. If you would please. I look at verse number 25 and 26. And her dilemma. We notice in verse 25. And a certain woman which had an issue of blood 12 years, had suffered many things of many physicians. And boy, I know folks who have suffered by wrong surgeries and wrong diagnoses and wrong uh, 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 treatment. And I, that's not to say that the doctors intentional or bad. I'm just saying that this lady had suffered many things of many physicians, had spent all that she had she had nothing and she grew, ever was nothing better, but grew worse. I would say the lady has a dilemma. Notice in verse 25, she's very sick, an issue of blood. I know not what it is. It could be a nose bleeding. Every once in a while, Andrew would be just going down the road and suddenly his nose will be bleeding. And uh, he never has a hanky. He always runs mine. Dad's got a hanky. Uh, she could have had a constant nosebleed she could have had a a tumor that bled she could have had a a bleeding ulcer have you ever heard of bleeding ulcer she could have been bleeding Uh, but a hemorrhaging and she was tired and weak and frail she was a very 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 sick lady notice verse 26 if you would please not only was she sick she was getting sicker all the time growing worse a terrible disease. Verse twenty-six. The Bible says she suffered many things. It spent all she had, and was nothing better, but grew worse. Uh, I, I just uh, a terrible disease. Totally desperate. Thoroughly despised, and eventually destitute. She didn't know what in the world. To do. Notice she had spent all that she had trying to get rid of this dreaded disease. I don't know what it is, but evidently she has a terrible, terrible issue that has become a dilemma in her life. She is a desperate in her situation. She is despised by all society. She is destitute and she had spent everything she had. Now she was completely dependent on Obamacare. Completely. Her Medicare had run out. She was in the donut hole for a prescription. And she had spent all she had. She was desperate. She was down and out. She was despised if you please. And she was absolutely without hope in this world. Kind of reminds us of us before we got saved, doesn't it? Kind of reminds us. Sick in our sin. The Bible said we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. You say, preacher, I'm going to die one of these days. It'll probably be of a stroke. A lot of my folk died with stroke. No, you stroke is the result of sin. You're going to die because of sin. You're going to die because your mom and daddy was a sinner. You're going to die because you inherited a sin nature. You're going to die one day because everyone is appointed unto All men to die, but after that, the judgment. You're desperate. How are you going to get to heaven without Jesus? Which direction would you start if you are leaving today? And what kind of vehicle would you leave in? You say, well, preacher, you don't understand. Let me tell you something. This lady had tried everything. She had tried Dr. Morality. She had lived good. She was straight as a string. I know a lot of folks living upright, godly lives. They pay their bills. They uh, treat their wife right. They treat their husband right. They're good mamas, good daddies, a value to society and a productive citizen. And they dependent on Dr. Morality To get them to heaven. Let me ask you something can you live good enough to be just like Jesus? I know a lot of good people that's not saved. I know a lot of good people better than saved people. I know a lot of good people that's going to hell that is a whole lot better than a lot of saved people that says they're going to heaven. And because of that, the good people think they're all right. When Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life, no man can see the father, but by me. Isn't that a shame? She had tried everything, but she's getting worse. Kind of like America, isn't it? We've tried everything, getting worse all the time. Dr. Morality's failed, sure as the world. Dr. Feel good, you know. Uh, you just Some Christians, they just, they just got to feel good all the time. Hey, look, it'd be a shame not to feel bad here once in a while. They run to this seminar and this retreat and uh, read this book and watch this movie and go to this gospel concert just trying to feel good all the time. And they're getting worse. All the time. Do you know I know folks who go to gospel concerts getting a divorce? And do you know I know folk going to church every Sunday morning getting divorced? Do you know I know folk go to church every week and they argue like cats and dogs all week long? You tried everything. You listen to old Dr. Foodunk on the radio and Dr. Doubt It and Dr. Ain't Never Done It. Preacher, I listen to preaching all day long and you're getting worse all the time. Isn't that amazing? She tried everything. We have two, have we not? Come on now, say amen. Jim, say amen, would you? I sign your check. Just say amen. Brother Jim, say Amen. If we haven't tried Dr. Morale, we tried Dr. Feeling. Probably we, we, we're gonna make a, a, a visit to Dr. Legality. Let's just keep the rules. Let's, let's just have a set of rules down at the church house where we go. And if we keep them rules, uh, don't you know? That ought to make us all right. But you don't get to heaven keeping rules. You, you can't keep enough rules to get to heaven. And you can't keep enough rules to be happy. Amen. And she had tried everything and knew it Getting worse. Folk walk in my office. We're gonna get a divorce. Why? Well, I touch her now, my bell don't ring. I say maybe your clinger's broke. I don't get that oo oogie, oogie, goosey feeling when I touch her now. Well, that means you've lost all your feeling, dummy. <laughs> Going to church every week, getting worse. Keeping the rules, getting worse. Listen to preaching on the radio, getting worse. Watching old Dr. Dowd on television, getting worse. You got an issue? They ain't but one person could fix it. And it ain't Dr. Wolfenbarger, it's Dr. Jesus. She tried it all. She tried Dr. Morality, she tried Dr. Feeling, and she tried Dr. Dr. Uh, Rules, and she tried Dr. Church. And, oh, I go to church every week, and I'm such a good person. And you're getting worse all the time. Going to church, getting miserable. Going to church, dreading it all the time. Going to church, make sure the preacher only preaches thirty lines. just getting worse all the time. What a dilemma. Well, I'm glad we're not like her, aren't you? Well, she had nowhere else to go. She tried it all. Have you tried it all? preach I'm trying to quit this. Have you tried it all? Her dilemma notice her decision if you would please verse twenty seven verse twenty seven and when she had heard of Jesus came in the press behind and touched his garment for she said if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. She tried it all. She made a decision. You know why? Because she was desperate. Desperate people do a lot of desperate things. Amen? You know, it looked to me like some of you folk would just try Jesus. Jesus. I mean, look at her. Hopeless. She is the end of her rope. Can you imagine the throng in the crowd that she must fight to get to where she needed to be? She experienced difficulty. Notice the Bible said she was in a press. And, and she had to press through the crowd. Notice, if you would please, if she is unclean. If she's been separated lawfully because of Leviticus chapter 15. If she's been declared unclean. She's been put out of society. She's not able to go to the temple. And here she is in her unclean state. Rubbing against everybody in the crowd. Pressing through the crowd. Trying to get to our Lord. Can you imagine somebody saying, hey, what are you doing in here? You, I saw you out in the field yesterday. We your mouth cups in unclean. Don't come near to me unclean. If you touch me, you can't go to the temple. If you touch me, you can't worship. If you can't touch me, don't. What are you doing in here? You're supposed to be out in the field. You're supposed to be separated from society. You're not supposed to be in the press. She said, I don't care what you think. I don't care what you say. I don't care who you are. I'm going to get to that guy. Because over in chapter 3 and verse number 10, the Bible said, anybody that touched him, just reach out and touch him and you can be healed. I'm going to get to Jesus. Now, when you get that desperate, when you've had all you can handle, When your marriage is such a mess that even the devil can't live there. And when your kids is acting like rugrats and house apes. And when you get so desperate, you realize you ain't doing nothing but making a mess out of it. Why don't you just come to Jesus? Quit playing at it. Realize that you and your home and your life and your family and your kids are in a desperate situation. And doing nothing but getting worse all the time. She was despised and rejected and faced all difficulty and ostracized from society. She said, if Jesus in town, I'm going to get to him because he can heal what I've got. When America gets so desperate and turns to Jesus, our nation will be a whole lot better off. And we've turned to the almighty dollar, to materialism, to worldliness and everything else in the world. We've got more than anybody and miserable as everybody. I must close. You say, why? Because I am hungry. (laughs) Her dilemma, number two. Her decision, number three. Hallelujah. Her deliverance. Hmm? Her deliverance. Verse 29, if you would please. Look at this. If you would please. The Bible said, And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up. And she felt in her body... That she was healed of that plague. Healed, but not whole. Healed, physically, but not whole. Saved, but hidden in the crowd. Delivered if you please, but ashamed to say anything about it. And she's hiding in the crowd. Like a lot of church members I know. Saved, but silent. Saved, but ashamed. Saved. He knows it, you know it. But nobody else knows it. Isn't that something? Now look, 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 look. Verse 33. Verse 29, she was cured. Verse 33 now. Hey, by the way, what if we just stop at verse 29? She's healed. She got a problem fixed. And everybody can say, Amen, hallelujah, look at that. She's healed. Let's just stop at 29. That's where most Christians stop. They walk down the altar, they get saved, and that's the end of it. (laughs) Now they just come to church and hide in the crowd. They just, they just hide. They show up on Sunday just one of the crowd Jesus don't need <coughs> any silent christians Amen. he has no secret cia people Amen. fbi a crazy preacher and i years ago when we were young and stupid We witnessed everywhere we went. We walked into the post office in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Told the guy at the counter, We're from the FBI. We'd like to see the guy who runs the place. That guy looked at me and said, What? We said, We're from the FBI. We'd like to see the guy who owns the place, runs the place. Just go get him. That guy turned as white as my shirt. socks (laughs) and around the corner he went after a while Brother Buchanan and I saw a guy peeping around the corner we were dressed in suits and the guy came out there and he said may I help you Brother Buchanan said yes we're fundamental Baptist investigators come talk to you about Jesus (laughs) the guy said thank God (laughs) are you listening to me God don't need Any silent Christians. Silent Christians are not whole. They're just healed. Oh, how many Christians are healed, but inside they're not whole. They're just one of the crowd. Verse 33. I'm glad it didn't stop it, verse 29. Verse 33, the Bible said, now look at this. But the woman, fearing. That's a lot of Christians. They're afraid to tell anybody they've been saved. Fearing. Trembling. Preacher, you don't understand. If I knocked on a door and was going to tell somebody about the Lord, my knees would be knocking 50, 50 miles an hour. Well, mine are too. You just never know what's coming to the other side of that door. I was knocking on the door up in Fort Worth years ago. And I knocked on the door. Guy came to the door. Had no shirt on. He filled up that complete door. He looked like a gorilla standing there. I'm a huge, ugly. And he said to me, I said to him, my name's Gene Wolfmark. I'm visiting for Joy Baptist Temple and I'd like to talk to you about the Lord. That great big hairy sucker looked at me and said, I'll bet you I'm a better Christian than you are. <laughs> I said, if you're not, you're a sorry sucker. <laughs> he laughed and said, come on in. <laughs> Trembling. Fearing. She's saved. Cured. Trembling. She's not whole. Notice, if you would please, verse 33, she came and she confessed. She said, well, and she fell down before him and told him all the truth. Have you ever just fell down before our Lord? Of course, he knows it. But just guide off your chest. All of it. You know, you know what you did behind the barn when was just a kid. You know what you did when you shouldn't have even been behind the barn. And she knelt at his feet and told him the whole truth. Now notice, oh you're gonna like this. She confessed. Now notice And then she was comforted in verse thirty four. And he said unto her. Now look what he said. That's the only time. In the New Testament. Jesus used that word. Daughter. Daughter. You're one of my family now. Thy faith. Hath made thee what? Healed and whole. You got that? Thy faith hath made thee whole. Daughter, intimate. Daughter, personal. Daughter, family. Isn't that something? A certain woman, up in verse 25. A certain woman in verse 25. But in verse 34, not just any woman, but daughter. Thy faith hath made thee what? Whole. That's what Jesus can do for you. Why did he confess? Why did she even need to? Well, first of all, for God's glory. Man, if, hey, if somebody does something for me, I want to thank them. Do you? I was taught as a child, if someone did something, you ought to show gratitude for it. You ought to say thank you. Hey, look, has anybody here been saved? Has anybody here been saved? When you... Say you have been saved. You act like you've been saved and you tell people you've been saved. It gives glory to God. It brings glory to Him. And she wanted to glorify God because now God has done this for her. He, she confessed that she'd been saved for God's glory. And also notice now verse 35. Somebody's watching. Verse 35. Somebody's watching. Verse 35, Jairus had just received news that his daughter, who's 12 years old, is dead by this woman giving glory to God, showing Jairus what a tremendous Savior Jesus is. I think that would encourage Jairus to know that whatever the problem is, the issue is Jesus can take care of it. By the way, have you been an encouragement to somebody else lately that Jesus is handling your issues so he can handle their issue too? That's what Christians are to do. they 're not to sit around in the mully grubs, feeling sorry for themselves, trying to get everybody's self-pity. you are to give God the glory that it might be an encouragement to somebody else. Can you say amen? I was talking to Brother Bob Adam back a while ago. Man probably playing golf and he's 200 years old. Got a long backswing, Bob does. Bob failed a couple of times this week. I said, well, did it hurt? He said, yeah. I said, the problem is when you fall and you don't hurt. thank God we still have feeling Bob bring glory to God by encouraging somebody else and I can say this woman looked at Jairus and said Jairus it don't make no difference what they said about your daughter this guy that I just met called Jesus can fix your issue don't even worry about it yes sir it'll take place she confessed because it's God's glory because it encouraged somebody else and not only that It was for her own good. Verse 34, the Bible says that she immediately, knowing in himself that virtue had flown, uh, that that Jesus touched her. And uh, she wanted everybody to know that Jesus has done something for her. I close. Why did this woman, this happened some 2,000 years ago. The same story is in two other Gospels. When I read it, it encouraged me. You know why she went back and confessed? For my good. And for your good. I know a woman very precious, very close to me. It has an issue, a physical issue. And I've told her time and time again, well, to go to this kind of God, go to this kind of go." You know, I just quit telling her any of that junk. And I think I'll just take her to Jesus. Amen. And I've been praying. I've been praying, asking Jesus to take care of this issue. It's a physical issue. The doctors, they don't know what to do. The medicine don't work. The issue's still there. Maybe she went back to Jesus and said, I'm her. Maybe she went back for my good. And you're good. Do you believe this story? That ought to put a smile on a persimmon then. Why are you still so miserable if you think he can take care of your issue? Y'all you bring your issue to Jesus. Amen. Bring it to Jesus. And he'll not only take you the issue, he'll make you whole. Amen. Daughter. Isn't that sweet? Daughter. He could have said, Hey you! But that wouldn't have been very personal, would it? He could have called her name. He knew it. But he didn't. He said to her, daughter. Isn't that good?